Hey friends, happy summer and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. You can think of it as a therapy session with your best friend. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. And the topic that God is bringing up this summer is body image. Big shocker, I know. But before we dive into this topic, there are a few things I want you to know about this summer series. Here's the first thing. We are taking a break from our normal guest interviews to dive into this topic of body image. Now, these episodes actually aired originally on this podcast two years ago, but God dropped it on my heart to release them again this summer. But here's the deal. If you listened two years ago or any time in between, I highly encourage you to listen again. This topic is one that God continues to reveal new revelation, depending on what season of life I'm personally in. In fact, when I first recorded these episodes that you're going to hear over the next few weeks, I was about 15 pounds lighter than I am right now. Now, I know I'm kind of giggling about that, but it's just a little funny to me because I've had to practice what I preach and wrestle with what I believe to be true about my body my worth, and what God has to say about all of it. So please know that I am coming to you from the trenches with these messages, not the mountaintop. The other thing I want you to know is to be sure to download our Biblical Body Image Therapeutic Coloring Book. You can grab that at rachelgilbert.com forward slash biblical body image that's free to download and in July we'll do some short talk therapy episodes using that workbook now if you have not heard by now I'm writing a book on this topic of body image and I would love your help to write it and release it So I want you to stay tuned for a private group that you can join to be a part of the journey in the biblical body image movement. I cannot wait to get that group started. So when you download that body image guide that I just mentioned, you will be on the list of the people that are going to be the first to know when that group opens. And it's going to be a smaller group. It's going to be a select group. So I want you to be the first to know so you get first chance to join it, okay? All right, that's all of the announcements for now. Please sit back and enjoy this teaching on biblical body image. I pray that the Lord brings deep healing in your heart and life this summer through this series. Please be sure to invite your friends to listen in with you. We've been in a series that I am absolutely loving, and from the feedback I'm getting from some of you, it appears that you all are loving it too on Biblical Body Image. Now, if you're just jumping into the show, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the very first episode, episode 32, where I shared a little bit of my testimony as well as three biblical truths about body image. And then episode 33 was all about why I really feel like there's such an attack in this area. And now we're moving into the fun stuff that I know really most of you are here for, and that's the practical stuff. But before we jump into some of the practical things that I wanna share with you, 
I do want to ask for a favor. I would love it if all those really super sweet, kind, encouraging messages you all are sending me on Instagram, in Facebook, in email about how much you're loving this podcast or you're loving this series, would you take those nice comments and put them in the review section on iTunes? Um, as you know, I am not able to copy and paste and put those in here. That would be weird. Um, but I would love it if some of you would do that because it helps get this show into the ears of more listeners just like you. So I would greatly appreciate if you did that as soon as you're done listening or if you want to pause this and just scroll down to the little review part. It literally takes less than a minute to do. Thank you so very much. Okay, so moving right along into what you're here for, and that is some of these practical things. Now, in one of the last episodes on this series, I shared with you how when God really began to teach me a different way of doing things with my body, he gave me very simple points to remember. I think God does this with me for a couple of reasons. One, I do a lot of teaching. And of course, you know, if you ever have sat in messages, usually people have three points you can remember. But honestly, sometimes I feel like God just does it for me because he knows if he gives it to me in, in alliteration or in something that all starts with the same letter or something like that, then I just remember it. I could probably tell you something I learned 10 years ago if it was in a format that is easy for me to memorize. So the three points that God gave me, we're going to talk about two of them today, and then the next one will come on our next episode because it's a big one. Uh, So the three points are submitted heart, sound mind, and strong body. Now, if you were around whenever I ran my at-home fit club called First Fruit Fitness, you know that was my motto for that. Um, And that was, you saw it on tanks and, and tees and things. And I still, even though I'm not still running that membership site, I still firmly believe those three things. And God is always reminding me of these three points because usually when something feels off in my life, in my body, in my spirit, it's one of those three areas that I need to submit to God. So we're going to talk today about submitted heart and sound mind. And then we'll talk next time about strong body. Now the strong body one, I'm really excited about that because I am going to share a lot of very practical things you can do to take care of your body. I am a fitness guru. My husband is too. He's a chiropractor. We have learned a lot over the years, and we've learned some things that really are just very beneficial for our body. In fact, I've considered bringing him back on the show as another special guest to talk about this, and we'll see. If enough of you want me to, I will. We'll get to that, okay? But that's Strong Body One needs to be its own episode on its own just because there's so much information. But what we're going to talk about today, I think, can be done very quickly. I want to keep this one short for you, and we're going to start with just submitted heart. Excuse me for saying just, because having a submitted heart is really the only way to live life. I don't care what area. This applies to every single area of your life. If you are a Christian, if you're a born-again believer, you know, really, I, I just think that everything comes from our heart. And in fact, I believe this so much that I am actually going to share seven scriptures with you today and like a lightning speed round, if you will, that all have a matter of the heart. If you've ever done a research on the heart in the Bible, you'll find lots and lots and lots and some more and more and more. So I feel like that every single decision we make, every motive we have, it all starts with our heart. And, you know, recently, it's been a few weeks now, but I had an appointment with my counselor and we were talking about 
a big decision I had coming up and I was a little worried about, am I making the right choice? I don't know. You know, I want to make sure I'm making the right choice and I, I want to make sure my motives are in the right place. I'm always real, I don't want to say worried, but I'm aware that my, I want my motives to be right. She said something to me that really resonated with me. She said, Rachel, I've had a chance to get to know your heart. And she said, your heart is so pure which by the way, was like one of the biggest compliments I've received. And anytime anybody says that, that's just a huge compliment to me. And she said, your heart is so pure. And she said, the mere fact that you're even worried about if you have the right motives or anything means that God has your heart. And she said, if God has your heart, you can trust your desires. And I want to say that to you today when it comes to this area of fitness and your body and maybe the goals you set for yourself. So for example, if people, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you know, my husband and I, we set really big fitness goals for ourselves. And it could, if you didn't know my heart and you just saw the pictures of the race we did or whatever the thing was, you might think this girl's obsessed. (laughs) She needs some help. Like she's just, you know, she's looking for validity and going out and doing all these things. And that's not true because here's the deal. God's the one who deposited these desires into my heart to go and do big things that scare me, to be honest. Like some of these things I sign up for, I'm kind of like, what in the world has happened? And they're so much bigger than myself. Like when I ran my marathon, that was such a bigger goal than myself that I knew it is Jesus himself going to have to pick me up (laughs) and carry me. And that's really exactly what he did. Not only the race day, but all the days leading up to the actual race day. I want to just be very clear about this because you're going to see as we get into the practical side, that practical looks different for everybody, depending on the season you're in, depending on the call on your life, depending on your abilities uh, and different things. And so if you're listening to me today and you go, I have no desire to run a marathon, then that's fine. God didn't give you that desire, then you don't need to run the marathon. In fact, if you go out and do something like run a marathon just because you think you're supposed to, it's going to be a miserable time for you and everybody involved. And I think that's something that I really want you to take away from this part about having a submitted heart is that when we submit our heart to God, he does a couple of things. The first thing he does is he pulls up anything in there that he's like, yeah, that's not for me. Yeah, no, that, that, no, that maybe there's sin, but also maybe it's desires in there that aren't from him. I don't know about you, but I have had multiple times in my life where I was pursuing something that I thought was the desire of my heart, but it wasn't working out. And I remember one time I actually prayed and I said, hey, God, is this desire from you? I said, if it's not from you, please remove this desire from my heart. But if it is from you, please make this desire just continue to burn and grow and, and, you know, be something I really want to do. Well, there was one time where he literally removed a desire from my heart. All of a sudden I was like, huh. I don't have that desire anymore. You know, like I don't have that desire. And so this is where I would tell you with your area of your body, you know, if God gives you the desire to have a six pack of abs and he's going to show you how to do it, then by golly, go for it and go it, go with God. As long as he is next to you in the journey with you and he's the one who put that desire in your heart, then it's going to be a blessed time. But then the opposite is true. If if it's not a desire from him, if it's a desire that maybe the world planted in, in our hearts, 
it's going to be miserable. It's going to be heavy. It's going to feel icky. And we probably won't even achieve that thing. And so that's the first thing I would tell you about this submitted heart is just ask God, hey, hey, God, plant desires in my heart that you have for my body, that you have for my fitness goals, that you have for, you know, the way I'm supposed to look or the the things I'm supposed to be capable of doing. Put those desires in my heart. I know for me, it wasn't until after I was done with my marathon that I realized the whole reason God put the desire in my heart to complete a marathon was he wanted to teach me a really valuable life lesson. He wanted to teach me that I'm capable of so much more than I could have ever done in my own strength. And he wanted to teach me to go for big things like that. If those desires in my heart are seem so huge, because I don't know about you, sometimes I have desires in my heart that I'm thinking, there's no way that will come to pass. And you almost want to squash the desire and go, that can't be something I'm supposed to do because there's no way I could do that. That's how I usually know they're God desires in my heart because he really loves for us to do things that we throw our hands up in the air and we go, okay, God, if this is going to happen, you're going to have to see me through it. That's absolutely it. And he loves to do that because then guess what happens? He gets the glory and not us. So a couple practical things with the submitted heart piece. The first one is I start every single morning. I honestly think it's probably been almost 10 years now. My life has changed since I started doing this. So every morning I start out with a very simple yet powerful prayer. And it does not come from a place of have to or religion. It comes from a place of just wanting to be submitted to God. So I say something along these lines. Now, you don't need to write this down or repeat it word for word. You just need to get the idea behind it. And I say something to the effect of, Father God, I yield to you as my shepherd today. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, and your supernatural favor and wisdom that follows me everywhere I go. And of course, I go on and I start saying more things that wherever, you know, I'm feeling led to that day. But I really believe that being the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Now, confession time, there are days where I wake up and I'm running out the door or whatever and it doesn't happen or I'm guilty of opening Instagram first before I do it. I'm not going to claim perfection over here. But for the most part, I try my hardest to do this because the days that I do this, there's a noticeable difference in the peace in my heart, (laughs) in the direction, in the favor all the things. And so I really just feel like starting our day with that posture of submission is what that prayer does. Now, let me real quick read to you a few scriptures on the heart. And I would encourage you, these are just tip of the iceberg. I would very much encourage you to, you can, um, I have some paid things that I use to do research on words, but I would tell you, if you don't have paid versions to do research on the Bible, I would tell you there's one called Blue Letter Bible. There's different um, apps you can use to literally just type in a word, like the word heart, and it'll pull up all these scriptures on it. So a couple that I want to say to you right now is Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your understanding. Matthew six twenty one. for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That's a really big one in in this talking about guarding our heart. Proverbs 23.26, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Matthew 5.8, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see 
God. All right. And those are just really just a few of them. I will leave you with one more heart scripture, and it is Joel 2, 13. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He's eager to relent and not punish. Do you know why I love that verse in Joel? (laughs) It's because God's basically saying, hey, you can trust me with your heart. And I really think that's a big deal. I think that some of us don't trust God with our heart. We think that maybe he doesn't really know what's going on in our heart. Or if we open our heart to him, what is he going to do? Is he going to be mad? Is he going to, you know, condemn us and be mad? You know, whatever. Um, I know those are crazy thoughts, but we've all had them. I just want to encourage you. You can trust God with your heart. You really can trust God with your heart. All right. So the second thing we're going to talk about is your sound mind. So we've, we've submitted our heart. Now we're going to have a sound mind. Let me say this to you. If you will renew your mind, your body and your life will follow. All right. Renew your mind and your body and your life will follow. When I taught group fitness, a lot of times when people are doing squats, they would want to stare at the ground. And so I would tell them where your eyes go, your body will follow. So if you're staring at the ground, you're going to just naturally lean forward towards the ground, which as you know, in squat form, if you're leaning forward, that means a lot of your weight is going to be bearing on top of your knees and your knees really weren't meant to load bear that much weight at a time. And you're going to get injuries and knee problems and all that fun stuff. So it's not good, right? And so I would just tell them, hey, find a spot up on the wall and look there. That would automatically, it would just shift their whole posture. Their entire posture would shift when I'd say that cue. And it's really the same for our life. If our mind and our thoughts are not focused on God, if we're not constantly renewing our mind in the word of God, we will get just devoured by the enemy. Ask me how I know because uh, over a decade ago, when my husband and I first got married, I honestly, and I feel silly confessing this, (laughs) but you know, this is real talk with Rachel. So I guess that's what I do. I honestly did not know you could control your thoughts. I thought some people are just more prone to negative thinking, and again, you're kind of born with this way or you're not. Such a silly, such a silly thought. And somebody gave me The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, which by the way, it's a very old book, but it's a very powerful book. They have it in a book format or devotional. Both are great. And I started reading that. I think it was a devotional. My mind was blown because I was like, wait, what? You mean I can change the channel and my thoughts? That's what my husband and I are always telling our kids when they're thinking negatively or whatever. We're like, change the channel. You get to choose. Like, our mind is literally like a TV show. You know, there's always something running in the background, and you get to choose what is playing. You're the only one who can decide that. That's literally, like, I can't decide it for you. Even God can't decide what you're going to focus on. He can, Holy Spirit can convict you or nudge you and be like, hey, maybe we should stop thinking about that right now. But only you can change that channel. So you're going to renew your mind by sitting alone with God and in his word. Now, I want to read to you a few scriptures here because really I could talk to you a lot about this renewing of the mind, but I think these scriptures that I'm going to read you are going to do this better justice. One thing before I do read these scriptures, I want to just give you the definition of the word renew, and it actually means to restore to a former state 
to make new or as, as if new again. I love that it says to restore to a former state. Isn't that what God is always constantly doing to us? We, we have an original identity. And because we live in a fallen world, we're constantly being renewed by the word of God. And even in salvation, we were renewed. We were, we were restored to a former state of what God's original design was for us. So let's read these scriptures. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 8, 5 through 6 says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Holy cow. I think that we should dwell on that right there. The Rome on that one, Romans 8, 5 through 6, particularly 6. So it basically to wrap up 6, it said letting your sinful nature, your flesh nature control your mind. It leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Raise your hand if you would like more peace in your life. That should be all of you, okay? I'm raising both hands over here. All right, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former ways of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that this scripture says that we take captive our thoughts. You know, I told you a few minutes ago that I used to not realize that I could control my mind and my thoughts. Well, obviously, I had not read my Bible too much because this verse just totally explains that, you know, think about somebody in captivity. I just need you to have a visual image for me right now. Think about a prisoner and the way in which they're taken captive usually is not pretty, is it? Usually, I, I very rarely have seen TV shows anyways, where, or a movie, where the person getting taken captive was like, oh, sure, yes, I just, I'd love to go to prison. Let me just, oh, let me make this easy for you. I'm going to hop right into this car and, oh, I'll be the, you know, the most cordial, kind prisoner you've ever had. No, it doesn't work that way. Usually, when someone finds out they're busted, what do they do? They start fighting. They're flailing. They're kicking back. They're, they are literally fighting the person that's trying to take them captive. And that's exactly what our thoughts do. When we start, especially if you're new to this, when you start taking thoughts to your captive, don't be surprised if your thoughts fight back. I know that sounds weird, but you have to enter it with that amount of gumption and grit that says, I am done letting my thoughts, my fleshly thoughts run the show here. The spirit man is going to be in the lead on my thoughts. But you have to understand there's going to be a fight, which is why you cannot do this in your own strength. 
I need you to know that because I feel like so often we can try to do it in our own strength. It doesn't work. It's not lasting. It's not sustainable. So ask God for help in this and ask him to bring awareness to you when you've been dwelling on thoughts that are not from him. Sometimes it's helpful. You know, that's one of the powerful things about journaling. Sometimes you see your thoughts written out or even prayer. My prayer time, sometimes I'm just thankful people can't hear my prayer time because I get very real with God. And I'll say things out loud that as soon as I say them, I recognize that it's a lie or it is some a sin or it's something. And just the act of saying that thing out loud or writing it down is extremely powerful because before that point, I wasn't necessarily aware that I was operating from a place of lies. And do you know that's the heart, one of the hearts behind me doing this show? I feel like a lot of us, and I say this again, please know when I say we, and I really mean we, like I am in the trenches with you on so many of these things, but I feel like so often we operate from a place of lies, like root lies that are just ingrained in us from the time we were little. Sometimes they're from little, sometimes even adulthood, we pick up lies along the way, but lies literally, if we're not aware of them, can just absolutely push us around, push us places we never wanted to go, and turn us into somebody that we are not. And so that's why I like to talk about these hot topics with you all, because I feel like it needs to be talked about. It needs to be brought into the light. And so that God can reveal and go, um, that's that's false, that's false, that's false. Oh, and that one's true, you know, <laughs> just kind of sorting through that with God. Um, and, and one more thing I want to say on this whole renewing of your mind is what we think about, we bring about, or another way to say that is what we think about, we talk about. (laughs) And so a lot of our words that we say are actually an overflow of our heart, which is affecting our mind, which is then affecting our speech. And obviously I don't have time to go into this today, but then how about You've probably heard lots of teachings or read lots of books on the power of our words, the words that then come out of my mouth that are extremely powerful. There is the power of life and death in the tongue. Uh, A great book by my pastor, Robert Morris, is The Power of Your Words, and I would recommend reading that or listening to it, however you do your books, but just really recognizing how powerful our words are. In fact, this year at Pink Impact, which is our church's women's conference, I one of the speakers, she I do not have time to go into her whole talk. I, if I ever find that it was recorded, or um, I know it was recorded, actually, but if you could listen to it, um, I would love for you to. But one thing that she said, and this wasn't even her main point of her message. Have you ever been sitting in a message? And honestly, I bet this happens to you a lot when you listen to the podcast. Something that they was not their main point turns into the main point for you because that's just what you need to hear that day. But she talked about how the the phrase I am, you know, a lot of us say, I am fat, I am ugly, I am dumb, I am stupid, I am, you know, a loser, blah, 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 fill in the blanks, right? How God convicted her that when she was saying those things, she was actually taking his name in vain. And she's like, wait, what? Well, think about it. One of the names of God is I am. 
And so she realized she's basically saying God is fat. God is stupid, you know, and, you know, she said it much more eloquently than this and, and went into greater detail, which I just don't have time to do today. But I wanted to drop that thought on you to think about when you say those words, I am fill in the blank. It really, it's not only taking God's name in vain, but it's just opposite of the truth, right? All right. That wraps up the teaching for today. So just to recap, we've got our submitted heart, our sound mind, and then next comes our strong body. And that's going to be the last teaching I will do with you on strong body and different very practical ways that you can have a strong body and ways that I believe will actually just help you to live a blessed life in this area. But before we go today, I do want to ask you a couple questions. So I have a few questions for you to ponder when it comes to this area of what I just talked to you about in your submitted heart and your strong body. The first one is, how is my heart? In fact, I would like to rephrase this and say, how is your heart? This is me asking you. I have a dear friend who says this to me a lot. This is a very much a counseling type question to ask of how is your heart? Just take inventory on it. I know that might feel like a silly question, but I would love for you to take inventory on it. And the second question I have for you is when am I too gentle with my thoughts? All right, it's time to stop being so kind to those negative thoughts. It's time to stop being friends with them. It's time to stop politely asking them to leave. No, no, you need to get out the handcuffs. You need to get out the whatever form of weapon it takes, right, to tell those thoughts where they have to go. All right, well, that is all of our show for today. I'm excited that I've got to be in this space with you. I really pray that this whole series is really just encouraging you to seek the Lord first in this area of your body. And I'm excited to be back here next time whenever we talk about our strong body. I'll talk to you next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Have a great day.